do you ever feel like there's a lot of talk going on around you, um, maybe even in the church, maybe even in your home, and, and despite all the talk, you feel like nothing's really being communicated. You feel like you're saying a lot of things, maybe you're, you're hearing, hearing a lot of things, but, but even underneath all of that, the real you is never known. An example of this is that the average teenager sends 3,339 3, texts a month. You thought, you thought I was going to say a day. <laughs> a month. But still, despite this, this active give and take of communication, the average teenager is feeling very isolated and very unknown. This... Uh, this month we're going to be going through, uh, well, today and then next month until Easter, we're going to be going through a sermon series called Soul Talk, Entering the Deep Conversation of God. Um, this, uh, I, I came across a book uh, by a guy named Larry Crabb by the title Soul Talk, and, and the very first chapter he says this, and I am in absolute agreement with him. He says, people across the world remain alone, personally unknown, personally unobserved, and personally untouched. We rarely speak words that connect who we are beneath our pretense, posturing, and political correctness to another living soul. We rarely hear words that draw our soul into the soul of another human being and together into God. We rarely hear words that draw our soul into the soul of another human being and together into God. So, the next couple of weeks, what I want to invite us into together is into a conversation that didn't start when human beings came into existence. There's a conversation that's been going on since before the creation of the world, a conversation between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we were created, uh, we were welcomed into that conversation, into a conversation that we were literally made to have but for some reason, fail to even know how to start receiving. And so, my prayer is by the end of this month, we will begin courageously being open, being vulnerable with God, and letting Him communicate to us. And not just to us, to communicate through us to one another. That sounds super exciting, huh? <laughs> I would love to sit with you be patient with you and have you be patient with me, not just to speak from our own hearts, right? Not just to speak from our own minds, but literally start speaking to one another um, the words of God because God is actively communicating to us. It literally says that the whole universe, get this, the whole universe is sustained by the power of his word. That means if his word were to stop for a moment, this universe would stop but you're invited to enter into that conversation and be a part of it. When I was um, in high school, actually a little bit before high school, my, I remember very vividly I was sitting down at the dinner table with my family, and um, you know you get in those conversations as, as a family where you just start like shooting ideas around, and, and I remember we started joking about starting a band, and... Uh, and, you know, who would play which instruments, and my brother was going to be the drummer, and then I'd play guitar. And, and, and I don't know what happened, but from that conversation, a week later, my parents bought me a guitar. 
and my brother uh, Jimbe drum, and <laughs> we learned how to play through trial and error, through a lot of uh, horrifying sounds. Um, we we eventually became somewhat proficient at these instruments. But I, I remember we would we would literally tote them everywhere with us and just do impromptu concerts wherever we went. Um, and, and I don't remember how we figured this out, but but if you took the djembe drum and you put it on top of the guitar, and right, how do you know how to do this? I don't know. And you hit it, it, it would start making the A, there's an A string on the guitar, it would start making it vibrate, right? And so you would hit the drum and all of, none of the other strings would move, but the A string would start flipping out. It would start like vibrating and literally like twanging because, because the drum was tuned to a perfect A. And since the drum was tuned to a perfect A, when, when it would release the vibrations of sound right from the drum and it would hit the string, it would respond because it, it was tuned to A. And we hear this in the song, Come Thou Found, which is sang at the start, tune my heart to sing your praise. And so... So what I hope we begin discovering through our time here is that, that literally we have become out of tune. That when the, the key of the voice of God sounds, we're dead in the water. Because, because so many of us, our, the knobs have been shifted in our, in our heads and our hearts and our souls. And so when God speaks, we don't come alive like that string that received the sound of the drum. So what will start tuning our hearts? What went terribly wrong? Um, and just to illustrate this, I am... Um, there's, um, there's truth to this that we can understand, but some of the truths of this are so profoundly felt. And, and I want you to be able to access both of those, both an understanding of how you were made, but... But understanding that, that I want to, in, in some ways, um, affirm what's been going on in your heart when you so desperately want to be known but feel like no one understands you. When you, you so just want a word to be spoken and you don't know how to ask for it. You can sit with a friend and you can have a bird on your heart and you just want them to say something. And yet they don't seem to say anything that you need communicating to you. Instead of growing deeper in our relationship with God and one another, sometimes we feel less and less connected. So, why do we have such a desire? Why do we have such a desire for communication to us? Um, I'm going to give you four simple points that, uh, that hopefully, man, allow you as a person to, to realize that um, that the longing you have to be communicated to is maybe the truest desire that you have. Bless you, that was really amazing. Three sneezes in a row. Um, so turn with me to Genesis 1. And, and while we get to Genesis 1, what I'm going to take you through is what happens before Genesis 1. Right? And you... <laughs> You might be a little nervous. You're like, well, there isn't a book before Genesis 1. But the Bible actually talks about what's going on uh, before the world even began. So before the world even began, we have a God who the Bible describes 
as being from everlasting to everlasting. In Psalm, uh, Psalm 90, the psalmist describes God as this. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In Psalm 102, starting in verses 25 through 27, it says this, In the beginning you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. So all these things, you and I, we are temporary. But God is from everlasting to everlasting. So if God is before time began, if God is before anything else existed, what in the world was God doing? Right? Because I, I think the interesting thing is our initial response, even if we don't want to admit it, you think, well, that sounds real boring. So what was God doing before there were mountains to climb and oceans to swim in? Not that he climbs mountains or swims oceans, I don't know, right? But what, what was God doing? Well, uh, it's interesting because the New Testament speaks a lot to this. Um, as you start seeing uh, Jesus talked about and how before the creation of the world, they were already talking about what would happen during the creation of the world. So if you look at, at John 17, which is um, this long, what's called the high, Jesus' high priestly prayer, right at the beginning of John 17, Jesus praying to the Father, he says, Father, the hour has come, come glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, listen to this, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. The glory that I had with you before the world began. In uh, Ephesians 1.4, Paul writes this, he says, For he chose us, God chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So when was grace given to you? It wasn't like the moment that you sinned and needed it. It says that grace was given to you before the beginning of time, which gives us a whole new context for, for like our highs and lows. Right? Sometimes we're looking for stability just like for the day. And imagine the stability of knowing before time began, grace was being offered to you. That's incredible. In Titus, the book of Titus uh, 1 verse 2 uh, it says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. When was the promise of life given? It was before the beginning of time. And so, 
So what we simply see from these things is that before the beginning of time, what, what was happening was this communication between God, God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and, and they were planning what was going to happen. Like, hey, we're going to promise to give life. We're going to promise to give grace because that, that's coming from who we are. <laughs> Um, so besides that conversation, that communication, which was loving and life-giving and gracious, what else is going on? And there's this incredible uh, vision into what we get in the book of Proverbs, where you see um, God creating wisdom. And, and I was just thinking about this morning, um, what does it mean for wisdom to be created? And, and you'll see wisdom's interaction with God. I was thinking, uh, you know, it's probably because what's wisdom on earth, like that doesn't, that doesn't completely exhaust God's wisdom. But the, the greatest amount of wisdom and understanding you can have here does not exhaust the wisdom and understanding and, and what God's got going on. So this is, this is just a small percent. It's not even percent, like because there's infinite God, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing God. And so, so the, the vastest amount of things that could possibly be known on this earth doesn't even like touch that. So, so God apparently calls in as he created the world like, okay, here's the wisdom that the world is created by. And it's all going to function within. Am I losing you? Are you tracking it all with me? Okay. Yes, Daniel, we're right with you. Thank you. <laughs> so so as, as God created the world and gave wisdom, wisdom got to, it says, participate here in creation. It says, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ago at the beginning, when the world came to be, when there was no watery depths, I was given birth, when there was no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled. In place Before the hills I was given birth, before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust on the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the foundation of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries, so the waters could not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side and I was filled with delight, day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Right, so what's going on? They're having a blast. <laughs> that, that's what's going on before the creation of the world and you see expressed that in creation, what they're, they're doing is they're having a real good time together. Okay? So it's this experience you have when you are with somebody and it is so satiating, so satisfying, that you're like, I don't, we don't even need to leave here. This is just great. Right? But, but even more so than that, the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is so enjoyable and so filled with satisfaction, it needs nothing else. It is complete within itself, and it is awesome. So in, in creating the world, what God does is he creates something that he is he's literally um, allowing to exist and allowing to be a part of that. 
for a long time, the earth was under, uh, the earth people were under um, this false assumption that we were, um, we were the center of the universe, right? And, and the interesting thing is that we still do that. We still, that's the way we treat God. We know that, that we orbit around the sun, which is this smaller little star and other stars and galaxies and bigger galaxies, right? And so we're, we're, we have established that the earth is not the center of the solar system, and yet we still function in this way with God, as if God is still orbiting around planet Earth, like, are you doing okay? Not, uh, ooh! All right? And, and that's, that's not what's happening. Uh, God is forever in enjoyment of himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, satisfied. And then what happens? God not being lonely or bored. God within community that is satisfying and complete then creates. And creation itself, this is when we turn to to Genesis 1, creation itself then is brought into being through community and through conversation. And and think think of what this means as we talk about that, that everything came to be through community and through conversation, through the community and conversation of the Godhead. So in Genesis 1, starting in verse 1, uh, we're going to go to verse uh, 4, or sorry, verse 5. It says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light, and it was good. He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So what we find here is, is we're, we're welcomed onto the scene as, as God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And we see all of them represented in here because we see that, that God the creation came through the word Jesus. And so even when we see the speaking of God here, I believe that is the word Jesus. Um, we see God creating the heavens and the earth, and the earth being formless and void, and the Spirit of God hovering over the deep. And so all of this interaction together, like, hey, what if we put Mount Everest here? You know, what, <laughs> what if we had the Mariana Trench here? I think that'd be awesome, right? And so, so they're in this interaction, this communication, this conversation. And, and you might go, okay, how do you know that? Well, we know that because literally we, we get welcomed in in verse uh, 26 of Genesis 1. We actually start seeing them interact about this. Before we go there, I think what's going on is expressed in, in uh, Psalm 29 where it talks about this booming, majestic, powerful voice of God. And this is what it says. It says, ascribe to the Lord, Psalm 29. And, and when you think of uh, the word ascribe, uh, it means attribute or give God credit for this. So I think sometimes we fail to give God credit for what he has done and who he is. And it says this, ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. 
The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. And so when God says, let there be light, it's this this voice of the Lord, which is powerful and carries authority and ultimately creates. The voice of the Lord creates through conversation. What do you think? This is what I think. Perfectly willed together, perfectly formed God and the act of creation. And, and I think one of the profound things to gather from this as we see the rest of creation unfold is this, is we are so motivated, you and I, we are so motivated by relationship. We're so motivated by our proximity to one another, the presence of one another. Even being here right now, I'm very aware of you. I'm very aware of the looks you're giving me, right? Watch out. Like, I, I know that. I can see you. I'm in, because I'm what? I'm in your presence. Right? And we're so profoundly affected and aware um, of that. And, and this, this is because we were created in the image of God. Right? The, the special interaction that is happening before the world began within the Godhead. How does God know about interactive relationships? Love that is shared is because there is love perfect between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So literally what he's, he is, he then shares in creation. Get that? What he is, he then shares in creation. And so creation is happening. The voice of God is booming. He is creating. Things are happening. Okay? Because of a voice that speaks. And then there's this pause in verse 26 and says, Then God said... Let us make man in our image. It's this self-referring, let's, let's do this together. Hey, what do you think? Yeah, and, and they, so they, then they create, after this, this interesting pause, let's create man and woman. Let's create people. And so God creates, the, out of this, this earth that is formless and void, he shapes human beings um, something special, something unique, created in his image. And from that, from the voice of God, which creates human beings, then he fills human beings with his presence. With Literally, it says the breath of his mouth in Genesis 2-7, animating us and making these small, brilliant voices in the world. So we have a voice that speaks and creates. And then we have him creating these small, brilliant voices, you and I. To, to live in responsive relationship with him, entering into the deep conversation of God that started when? Never. It never started. It always was happening. <laughs> and by breathing into us, he welcomes us into that conversation to be a part. So if we are ever deaf to that conversation, we, we, will, we will not just feel deaf, we will feel dead. Okay? And that's what we were created to share. And Deuteronomy 8, 7, and then repeated again in Matthew 4, it says, man 
does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Doesn't that just bring it together for you? (laughs) Man does not live by bread alone. Plants live by photosynthesis. Animals live by just eating things. You and I don't merely live by that. We need some vitamin D. Got to eat. But we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we stop receiving, if we stop receiving for a moment the words that come from the mouth of God, you stop living. You stop experiencing life. What you're experiencing is not life unless you are experiencing the voice of God in, and not just, just given to you, but also responding to Him. You're crying out to Him. You're telling Him you love Him. You're praising Him. You're ascribing glory and strength and honoring Him. This relationship that He had and He created us for. You are a small, brilliant voice. And, and in that, we see because what, is, what do human beings immediately start doing? We start like naming animals. Right? It's like, like we saw God speak and create things and name things, and so we go and we start naming things. Right? We start communicating. There is no person in planet Earth who has not tried to communicate because it just comes out of us. And ultimately, we are crying to enter that conversation that God has created us for. So, so what happened? If that's what we're created for, if that's what we long for, if we're not alive unless we are a part of that, what happens? Well, it happens because there was a day when the world went silent. There was a day when the world went silent for us. Um, not, not the voice of God stopped speaking, but there was a day when we stopped receiving. And this is, this is very, very important. Genesis 3. Hopefully this puts history in context for you. Genesis 3, when, when Adam and Eve are tempted, uh, ultimately they, they, are, they are taught to distrust the voice of God. Did God really say, well, God really isn't giving you what's best? And when they believed that lie and they disobeyed the clear instruction of God, when they said no to the voice of God, and they, they literally stopped their ears to it, what happens is incredible. It's immediate separation. It's immediate separation from from them and one another and from them and God. Immediate separation from them and one another and them and God, right? It, It happens instantaneously. The moment there is distrust of the voice of God and a rejection of what he is saying, they begin living in isolation, which is, is the worst plague on planet Earth is people living in isolation. We know that. Our souls die when we're alone. Um, but what happens is God comes down and it says, Then the man and wife, they heard the sound of God as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. For the Lord God, he called them and he said, Where are you? And he said, We heard you walking in the garden and we were afraid. And so what, what makes the voice of God go from being the most tender exciting thing in our lives to being terrifying to us. Right? And, and, I, and I think, hopefully you're on the edge of your seat, like I am, every time I ask this question, why is it that we go from this place of excitement to a place of terror? And, and it doesn't just happen in our relationship with God. I know that you've experienced this in your life. You've had relationships in your life where 
where they start strong, they start beautiful. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. We communicate so well. I can't wait till they call and I just, I get that phone call and I pick up the phone and I'm just like, uh, you know, and like two hours later we're like, it's like, hey, we've been talking for two minutes, you know, and you're just like so excited and you're like crazy passionate about it. And then, and then time goes by and a coldness, something happened, something shut down communication. All of a sudden you say a word, but you're just getting a wall. You, you you look at them, you even say, like, I love you, and and all you get is a blank face that will not receive what you're saying. Have you experienced this? Like, do you remember what that felt like? And you remember everything in you going, I know it's not supposed to be like this. I, I know, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, but this isn't, this is death. This is a form of death. And that's exactly, exactly what happened when, instead of receiving the word of God, we became death. To it. We, we literally hardened our heart. And, and throughout all of scripture, you get this refrain about a hardening of heart. And, and guys, I want you like, to be here present with me like, Whatever else you got going on in your mind, just pause that for a second. So you, you can remember what it's like when you communicate and that communication is not getting through and you feel so desperately alone. And, and knowing, I just want to affirm everything in you that knows it shouldn't be that way. Um, and, and, and knowing when you feel like God just isn't there, when he's silent, I want you just to know for sure, yeah, that shouldn't be the case. And, and so... All throughout Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, what it, the way it talks about this is a hardening of heart. What a hardening of heart is, it literally it's described, if you talk about something being hardened, it is cold, insensitive, unfeeling, unyielding. And that's what happens in our hearts where even God's speaking, He's saying, I love you. I'm sending my Son for you because I so love you. <laughs> I'm all about that. Right? I'm about like, you coming back, you coming back home. That's what it was meant to be like. And yet our hearts are hard, so we can't even receive it. In Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 19, it says this, I, I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And verse 19 is so powerful. It says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are given to full greed. Um, the loss of sensitivity, the loss of when the voice of God speaks, the loss of the ability to come alive. Um, in Hebrews 3.12, tying together this this theme of the Old Testament and New Testament, it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, that none of you are hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we indeed hold to our conviction firmly to the end. As you have heard it said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Don't harden your hearts. 
Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at what it looks like to start having beating hearts again. Um, what it looks like to be um, have, have ears that are unstopped, <laughs> that begin hearing again the voice of God speaking, that we receive his invitation to come. This is so beautifully, visibly seen. Um, if you've ever watched a video of, of someone hearing for the first time, you can see it on YouTube. You can just look uh, hearing for the first time. And you'll find these videos of uh, ones of this little boy, probably no more than like two or three years old, and he gets this implant where you can hear his father speak for the first time. And if anyone podcasts this, I'm sorry, because this is a lot of facial expressions. But he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, right? He's just like crazy. It's like the first time he heard the voice of his father speak. And he's like, <laughs> like freaking out, right? And, and, and then they have this person who's 29 years old. The girl is 29 for the first time she ever hears. And she just starts bawling. Just absolutely loses it. Because imagine, imagine the possibilities in your life when you start hearing. Imagine the possibilities in the life of that boy when he doesn't have to, to look in a direction to hear his father say, I love you, but he can hear from across the house the father go, hey, I'm in the other room, I love you, right? Like, like imagine the, the possibilities of communication that are just brought open because you can hear. And, and it's no different, it's no different than than the possibility for you finally having a heart that beats, for finally being able to respond to a God who is communicating. And so a lot of us will go, uh, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. If I don't hear it, I'm not going to believe it. If I don't hear it, I'm not going to believe it. But, but imagine that little boy or that girl who got to hear for the first time. And imagine going their whole life being like, I see you all going like this. But I don't, I don't get it. I, don't, I haven't heard. I don't believe that. And then they hear it and they're like, this, I realize we were meant to hear. And so guys, with Soul Talk, entering the deep conversation of God, I, all I really want to do is very simply leave you with this. You were meant to hear the voice of God. You were made for it. Okay? This isn't complex. This simply is like in your... In your being, you will not come alive unless you can receive the voice of God. And, and if you can't grasp that yet, think about never hearing the person that you love say to you, I love you back. Right? Imagine how alone you feel. And, and you don't know how to describe that. You don't know how to like, like figure that out in an equation. You just know you're alone. Right? And you know that is desperately bad. That is bad, bad, bad. That's terrible, right? And, and all you know how to do is go, I need, a commun- I need input here. I need, I need, like, I need relationship. You, and I just want to say, yes, you need relationship. And you were created for a relationship, but not a momentary relationship, for an eternal relationship from a God who is from everlasting to everlasting and created the world by the power of his own word. And he sustains it by the power of his word. And he's made you to be filled by his word and to live from that. Not to live by bread alone. Not to live by calories. But to live by what he is communicating to you. So I hope today you just leave, honestly, with this crazy, like desperate, let me hear your voice. Tune my heart. When you, when you, 
beat your drum over me, God. I want to respond. I want to, I want to hear you. I want to go crazy with excitement when you speak and I know it is you. Because you were made for that. Pray with me. God, we find it so hard, I think on one hand, just to, to receive that we were created. We aren't accidents. We, it's so weird that we often don't want to hold, we want to fall back on this feeling of like, oh, I'm just a mistake. Um, and so I don't really have to acknowledge the pain I feel. But God, you speak into that and you say, no, you're love, you're created. I thought of you before the world began. I gave you grace and I made promises to you. You've made promises and given us grace before the world began. And, and for us, it's, we just need to wake up. And God, we don't know how to wake ourselves up. Uh, we don't know how to respond to you. And so I pray by your mercy and by your spirit, you will unstop our plugged ears. You will help us to live giving um, credence, giving affirmation to the longing in our hearts to hear your voice. That we'll be willing to be patient and just sit, going, God, speak. I've been deaf for so long. God, show me your way. God, make this church alive. Not just because we're talking with one another and asking each other how our day went, but because we're learning to push each other deeper into the conversation that you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are having. God, we love you. We so desperately want this. And we pray these things in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.